Royal Stanley of Oregon Pacific Financial Advisors, offering securities through United Planners Financial Services member FINRA SIPC, guides clients with empathy in discovering and reaching their financial goals and creates financial plans for clients so they can live their life by design. In these episodes, he relates his expert financial insights and discusses timely topics. Royal strives for excellence and has a passion for sharing his knowledge and supporting his community. Now, on to the show. Hello and welcome to Life by Design with Royal Stanley of Oregon Pacific Financial Advisors. Royal, we're back together. What's going on? Nothing much. Just enjoying these uh, these warm uh, <laughs> summer days we're having. We're just at the beginning of summer right now and it feels like it. Yeah, absolutely. We had a heat wave last week. I was not happy. Uh, 107 one day, which is just odd and terrible, miserable, <laughs> but it's it's better than freezing. So I'm happy for that. I want to be happy today. And uh, I know we're going to talk a little bit about summer versus winter today, right? That's right. That's right. I was uh, thinking about this over the weekend, you know, having little kids, you read them stories quite often. And I was oh, yeah. thinking about the ant and the grasshopper. And it's a, one of Aesop's fables. And mm-hmm. the way I remember it was the Disney cartoon, which really, I think, kind of spelled out the the story of that old fable. And if you're not familiar with it, basically, it's a story of the ants and the grasshoppers. And that during the summer months, the ants are hard at work building up their stores for the winter. Well, the grasshopper is just playing his music and uh, having a good old time. Mm-hmm. And then winter rolls around, and suddenly the grasshopper is very hungry. So he goes and knocks at the uh, ant's door and says, can you spare some food? And the ants say, well, what were you doing during the summer months? And the grasshopper says, well, I was having a great time. I was playing music and, and, and enjoying the sunshine. And the ants basically throw them out and say, well, go ahead, keep making music, keep dancing, but we're not going to feed you. Hmm. We did our own hard work and prepared for the winter. So I think that that fable and the message behind it is there, there's a time for work and a time for play is pretty apropos right now, especially when we look at coming out of this COVID lockdown. I think a lot of people are excited to play, excited to spend some of their accumulated savings. They might have been able to save up while they weren't uh, able to travel and do all those sorts of things. But I also think it's wise to look at the future uh, and say, what do we need to be doing now to prepare for the the winter months that may be just a few months away or maybe a couple of years away, but how do we prepare for that? Yeah, absolutely. It, it is good to play. It is good to get back together with people, rekindle some relationships that you haven't been able to see for a while. But at the same time, I I know myself, I, I would like to go overboard a little bit here and there. And I have a tendency to do that. So I need this. This is a good reminder. So I, I think a lot of people are similar. I don't think that they're out there to spend everything, but they're really enjoying getting back together with people. And, and- Goodness knows that I am one of those people who is just reveling in being able to go back to a restaurant or a a, a get-together or the theater or really anything. Uh, I think before the the podcast, you were mentioning that you went and saw the movie, went to the movies this weekend. Yes. Yep. That's the first time in months. uh, Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I've been to a movie theater since February 2020. So, you know, I... Getting back and doing all those things, I think it's important, it's wonderful, but also it's a question of how do we make sure that we're not just playing and uh, fooling around, but we're also making sure that 
we're setting a little aside for the future and making sure that when the economy turns around, that we have a safety net that we've created on our own where we don't have to worry about it. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I think that it's also very interesting as you're talking through this, it's conjuring up with me. It's not just us working, but you were talking before the podcast about how well the markets are doing currently. It's also, since our money is working for us right now, we need to take mm -hmm. advantage of that and the timing of that, because there will come a point when our money doesn't work as well for us as it is right now. I mean, that's the cycle of the market. That's right. That's right. The other thing is if we look at it from a monetary policy standpoint, it's the warmest, most beautiful, sunny day we've ever had. Credit is cheap and abundant, and banks are willing to lend money to virtually anyone right now. The real estate market, if you own a home, is going up gangbusters. The markets are still uh, climbing higher and could potentially keep going for the rest of this year and maybe even farther than that. So it's really that question of how do we get back into the mindset of setting aside for the future and not just for retirement, but also just to make sure that if we do start to see higher inflation, if we do start to see a, a worsening job market, how do we deal with that as... So I, I want to know, how do you put more money away in a way that is really, really beneficial to you? Because let's say somebody's already maxing out a couple different things. Maybe they've got a Roth IRA they're maxing out, and they're, they're contributing as much as they can to their 401k at work, but they have this excess. What are some good ways for them to do that? Yeah, absolutely. So probably the easiest way is just setting up an investment account, a non-qualified taxable investment account. And really what that means is an investment account where you can invest in stocks, bonds, mutual funds, etc., just outside of the restraints of a retirement account. Hmm. I think a lot of people realize you can do that, but I still come across people who are surprised when they can invest in mutual funds outside of their 401k or outside of their Roth IRA. And the beauty of those accounts, uh, number one, is you can put in as much money as you would like into a non-qualified investment account. There are no annual restrictions or anything like that. Uh, and also, because of that, there's no restrictions on you taking the money out of that account uh, should you need it down the road. So if you want to start reserving for a rainy day or maybe purchasing a, a home down the road, these, these accounts are great for uh, building up uh, those assets. The other part of all that is I still have clients, and it, it's definitely a good thing, I don't want to take anything away from it, where they're sitting on quite a bit uh, of cash. Now, one of my main tenants is you have to make sure you have your emergency fund. You want mm -hmm. your emergency fund safe and accessible, preferably with closer to six months worth of living expenses available to you for whatever emergencies might pop up throughout the year. And I think that's really step number one when we talk about that uh, grasshopper and ant parable is make sure you have that emergency fund just to carry you through because the government's not always going to want to come in and start uh, really kind of overpaying people to stay at home and not work. That's probably uh, a once-in-a-lifetime thing. Mm -hmm. And so we do need to make sure that we have those reserves in the bank and accessible. But oftentimes, we're seeing clients with a whole lot more than just six months. It could be a, a year or e even more than that, hundreds of thousands of dollars just sitting in the bank. 
and that puts things at risk. The, the main re- way that uh, puts money at risk is from the risk of inflation. So basically, inflation goes up 5%. The money that you have in the bank, if it's not earning anything, loses that much purchasing power over that year. So we want to be very, very careful about not having too much money in in the bank and putting it at risk of purchasing power loss from inflation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you've talked about that before. And, and again, I, I can't remember what the last time I looked at a savings account, what they were paying. It was abysmal. Yes, yes. And even, even the high-yield savings accounts right now really aren't paying anything beyond maybe half a percent right now. And CDs are, are really just as bad. I'm not really sure why anyone at this point would buy a CD and, and tie up your funds for any measurable period of time for such a small interest rate. Mm-hmm. You know, other than I think some people have just bought CDs as a matter of habit and can't get ahead of that way of thinking. Yeah, but again, I mean, those... If they're that low, they're not keeping up with inflation either, are they? No, no, not at all, not at no. all, and and still the the same risk there. Hmm. All right. So, what other ideas do you have that that we need to hear today? Yeah, absolutely. So, so the next one is if you're still you know working, if you're still in the workforce, take a look at your disability insurance options. This is something that I, I think goes overlooked really by by almost everyone, is we know what life insurance is. That's a very cut and dried thing. You pass away, you're not able to, to provide for your family. But if you lose the ability to work, either through an accident or a sickness, having a disability policy really can be a lifesaver there for families to provide that additional monthly income that they need to survive while they're making other plans and other decisions of how they're going to deal with that. There's a lot of different types of disability insurances, but the number one thing I just recommend to people is take a look at, if there is a disability plan offered through your work, take a look at the long-term disability option, and I, I really encourage you to strongly consider purchasing that because if you are disabled, um, That is the number one way that we see people protect themselves against the unforeseen. And remember, the likelihood of you becoming disabled is much, much higher than the likelihood that you'll pass away if you're under the age of 60. We just see disability happening to about 7% of the workforce, whereas someone passing away before the age of 60 is just much more unlikely to that population of workers. Hmm. I'm assuming that you, I know, Royal, that you've worked with your clients before on this. Uh, but from my understanding, there's a lot of different types of disability, like you said, and there's a lot of different rules, right? And so some of the disability insurance that's out there, I, I think it will say that they'll pay you until you can work another job. And it doesn't matter what kind of job you can get as long as you can, if you're employable, they'll stop paying. So that means they would expect you to get a, a minimum wage job just to get a job. Is that correct? Correct. Correct. So, so that's really the just the comes down to the de- definition in the policy mm-hmm. of disability. Are you disabled to do your primary job, the job you are trained for, or any job? And so, oftentimes, we we want to really look at those definitions 
and how they're defining occupation class yeah. to make sure that there's the right fit there. This is really probably something where you want to sit down with a financial planner or an insurance expert to really dive into what is a disability policy covering. The other thing that we see quite often with disability insurance is people have a short-term disability policy thinking, oh, I I have a disability policy. I I don't need to plan for this anymore. Short-term disability usually will only pay for 90 to 180 days. Mm. Oftentimes, those are designed for, you know, I broke a leg skiing. I had a complication during a pregnancy. Those types of things. In reality, we want to really plan for a long-term disability you know, lasting five years or greater. Yeah. Yeah. I did. I, I know that they're complicated and it's not as though they write them for the common person. <laughs> There's lawyers involved. <laughs> and so at the end of this podcast, I want to make sure we give out your contact information like we normally do. So anybody listening can say, Hey, I'd, I'd love for Royal to take a second look and, and make sure that I'm covered for, you know, the long haul. I don't want to just have to get any job or, or only be covered for a few months and then I still can't work. And then that, that could be a huge issue. Absolutely. Absolutely. So the other thing I want to do a touch on here is the idea of how you're managing your investments for a potential downturn. I think we're in an interesting time here. We have the government really making credit very accessible. We have the government very concerned about re-stimulating the economy after COVID, but also Not only do we have a government that's behind the economy, we have a lot of innovation that's happening in the economy that could push the markets higher for a while. The the entire change we had to have to our our medical profession, the entire work from home revolution Mm -hmm. that we were forced to go through is really going to bring up some interesting ideas when it comes to uh, innovation in a whole lot of different industries. So we could see the markets continue on for quite a while, even though I think we have a lot of people out there just, just I don't want to say predicting, but feeling like something bad is going to happen. And it could happen in the next month or two. But it could also, th- these positive market results we're seeing, continue on for the next three to five years. We don't, we're not in the prediction game at all. Mm-hmm. We want to be prepared for whatever happens. So When you look at the way you're investing money and the strategy you've set up with your advisors, you want to kind of know what that strategy is going to do and what your advisor is going to do before you get to a crisis moment. You don't want to be having strategy sessions as the markets are falling. It's probably too late then Mm -hmm. uh, to really start look at making changes. So I was just having this conversation with a client of the, the different ways you can manage money. There's a buy and hold strategy where you are just going to stay invested the entire way through, kind of regardless of what happens in the market. And you're going to rely on your asset diversification in that portfolio to really walk you through that and to provide value and protection to your portfolio. There's other portfolios that do have a tactical bent where they will move into cash or another low-risk asset. And both are viable solutions to get you to your goal. I think it's a question of which which of those philosophies works best for you. So that's why we want to sit down with people beforehand, make sure that we have a solid understanding of how we're going to react when the markets fall so that we have our plans in place for that. 
just another way of kind of preparing for when the season changes from being just good times all around to some of those those choppier markets that we've seen in the past. Mm-hmm. And, and how do you know, right? If, if you're listening to this and you're, I'm sitting here thinking, how do I know which strategy is going to work best for me? How do you help somebody find that out? Yeah, it's really a conversation uh, with them about their experience with investing, what their feelings are about the markets, and how much risk can they handle in their portfolio. So oftentimes, uh, people who are very risk adverse just can't handle the ups and downs of the market. So we want to be very careful with those individuals to make sure that they're in the right portfolio. I, I say this all the time. My biggest job as a a financial planner and an investment advisor is making sure that clients are in portfolios they can stay in no matter what happens in the market. Hmm. Uh, If a client jumps out of of the market at at the bottom or near the bottom, that's really kind of the worst case scenario for us as advisors, because when that happens, the likelihood is is they've done irreparable harm to themselves and their mm-hmm. investment portfolios by doing that. Because once you jump out of a market b- based on fear, it's very hard to get back into that market. And we want to make sure that each individual's portfolio is set up for for them to stay in over the long run and not make dramatic changes outside of the strategy that we've put in place for them. Yeah, so you're... T- you're saying more on the emotional level if, if somebody can handle it, right? I mean, it's not that their portfolio can handle it necessarily. It's that they're not going to lose sleep or they're not going to freak out. Exactly. And the dirty secret of this industry is it really comes down to emotions. Mm-hmm. You know, behavioral, uh, economics, the way we perceive reward and risk, gain and loss is a very challenging subject for people to get their their mind around. And that's really what we do is help kind of define what does success look like? What does failure look like? And not everything is tied to what the S&P 500 did over the past year. It's really tied to reaching your individual goals and making sure that you can sleep at night and feel secure in what you're doing, kind of regardless there. Now, on the flip side, there are clients who are just looking to maximize return over time. And for those clients, they have a very different portfolio. They don't have any of those special shock absorbers like like a tactical overlay like bonds to lessen the risk of that. They're just looking to maximize their returns over the long run. And we do that quite a bit for people as well, but we wouldn't want to switch portfolios for those people with somebody who's more conservative or vice versa because that would be a failure of not having them in the portfolio that's appropriate for them and their circumstances and their financial plan. Mm-hmm. So I'll, I'll wrap up here, but I think one of the most important parts of preparing for the winter is making sure that your financial plan is up to date and you have really defined with a financial planner where you're trying to get to. How do your investments fit into all that? And are there any areas or blind spots that you haven't addressed that could be protected? We talked about a few of them, making sure your asset allocation is correct, making sure you have the proper insurances and making sure that your cash position is appropriate to your needs and not too small or too large. 
So we really always tie everything back to that financial plan and make sure that people are talking to us about the changes in their life. When we, mm-hmm. when we look at financial planning, it's a constantly changing thing. Now, it might not change every year, but over the decades, there's a lot of changes. There's a lot of decisions coming up. So we are just preparing ourselves to help our clients deal with that, deal with that changing environment, deal with those changing economics, and make sure that they're prepared to get through the winter and then see the the sun come out again in the springtime. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's a great message, Royal. Thank you so much for your time today. I, I think we all need to be reminded of this. And I, I promise the audience that we do some contact info at the end if people want to start this discussion with you or have questions about it. What's the best way to reach you? Yeah, give me a call at 541-772-1116. Or you can visit our website at opfa.com and uh, submit your questions there. All right. Fantastic. Again, Royal, thank you so much for your time. And of course, our last thank you goes to you, the listening audience. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to the Life by Design podcast with Royal Stanley. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Royal comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. This makes it much easier to share these podcasts with your friends and family. Again, thanks for listening today. For everyone at Oregon Pacific Financial Advisors, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Life by Design podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The views expressed are those of the presenter and may not reflect the views of United Planners Financial Services. Material discussed is meant to provide general information and is not meant to be construed as specific investment, tax, or legal advice. Individual needs vary and require consideration of your unique objectives and financial situation. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Advisory services offered through Oregon Pacific Financial Advisors, Inc. Securities offered through United Planners Financial Services of America, member FINRA and SIPC. Oregon Pacific Financial Advisors, Inc. and United Planners Financial Services are independent companies.